you know, we used to look at nine months in, nine months out pictures as look at the size of my baby. And now it's become look at the size of my waist. And it's like, who cares? I mean, it took me at least six months to be able to really feel strong in a plank. Six months. So you want to talk about six weeks postpartum. I was doing like arm circles, you guys. Like you really have to recognize what your body has not only just done, but been doing for the last 10 months. So yes, the grace is got to be the priority. Hey, hurdlers, Emily Abadi here bringing you another installment of Hurdle Moment from Hurdle. I'm not even going to lie. I am in a good mood. It is a beautiful day here in New York City. I got my first legitimate haircut, and I can't tell you how long. And I finally caved this week on the I'm going to color my hair situation. I feel like this is one of those things that week after week, I think about doing it. Week after week, I'm like, you don't need to do this. You don't need to do this. Well, it's been 18 months since I last did this, and I thought it was just about time to treat myself. Anyway, here we are today for Hurdle Moment. I am calling in my dear friend, Brie Kogel. She is a fit on trainer as well as pre and postnatal certified through pronatal. Appropriate because today, Brie and I are chatting all about fitness and pregnancy frequently asked questions. That is right. We are diving in to all things pre-baby, post-baby, fitness, the questions that the hurdlers have submitted over the years. Trust me, I've been keeping track of them. About everything from, God, some of them are kind of funny, right? So how to run, walk, squat, whatever, and not pee yourself after baby to how fast is too fast to get back into exercise? What should I do before labor to strengthen my body for what's to come? Do I need to have any concerns if I'm nursing and working out? So many questions here. And I'll be honest, right? I, Emily Abadi, single, no baby in the near future. So there's a lot that I didn't know. I was going into this completely blind. And because of that, because of how interesting I found the subject matter to be, of how much I learned, I can say for certain whether or not you are completely like me, not expecting anytime soon, not even sure if you're going to have a child or a new mom, a mom of a toddler, a mom, period, there is helpful information in this episode for absolutely everyone. Also, it was just so good to catch up with Brie. I've known her for, gosh, a handful of years now. We both used to run in the fitness scene here in New York, and the conversation's just a really good time. As always, make sure you're keeping up with Hurdle over on social media. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I can also be found over at Emily Abadi. And I'm setting the April book club date in stone as of right now. We are going to be meeting up over Zoom on April 20th to discuss The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. I hope you can make it. If you have yet to do so, sign up for book club by clicking the link in the show notes. And while you're there, make sure to also click the link to head on over to the weekly hurdle newsletter and subscribe to that as well. With that, let's get to hurdling. (laughs) 
today I'm sitting down with Brie Kogel. She's a fit on trainer. She's also pre and postnatal certified through pronatal fitness. Brie, friend, how are you doing? Hey, girl. It's so good to see you not in the subway at 6 a.m. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I know. TBT to that, right? So oh. the lovely Brie, you no longer run into me. Well, first of all, no one's running me. No one is running into me at the subway at 6 a.m. these days, but you have left our dear city. I left a year ago. I mean, longest and shortest year of my life. That was planned before. Let's just disclaim that before the COVID. Yeah, that was always part of the plan. We were trying to run out our lease and then thank goodness we hadn't signed anything else. Who knows what games our landlord would have played. Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy, but I am happy for you. Where are you now? So we are in the big, big city of Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina, which for anybody in the whole world listening, it's a suburb of Raleigh. (laughs) Wow. What a name. I know. It's a lot. It's a lot. And you live there with your husband and your baby, Tuck. How is Tuck? Oh my God, Tuck just got his top two teeth. So he now is at four TVs and it's just every day is like a journey with this little one. It's the best, most meaningful thing in the entire world. Love it. Oh, I love to hear that. I mean, were you like, I'm just curious, were you the kind of person when you were growing up, did you always envision being a mom? Um, yes, but it was such a distant future vision that even as an adult, I was like, yeah, I guess one day it was never like okay, this has to happen by 30. I wasn't one of those people. But once CJ and I started dating, it was like, by the way, I'm not dating you unless this is in the cards because now I'm starting to feel the biological clock pressure. So yeah, we we definitely, I guess you could say, press the gas on that one. Press the gas. And I mean, <laughs> obviously sitting here on my couch, single, et cetera. But I'm told that like, well, once you are like in love and in your head, you're like, this is my husband. You like start to envision what your small human would look like. Totally. I mean, I'm sure there's some sort of like psychological, biological, chemical process going on because it became less about, you know, once I realized CJ and I are compatible, I started analyzing, are you going to be a good dad? How do you treat my dog? How do you handle protecting me? Like it all, all of those calculations started manifesting. He passed. (laughs) He passed. It worked out. Now we have a small child. Okay. So, I mean, sounds like things are going swimmingly for you over there. We're here today to to talk about all the things baby and fitness. This is an episode that I have been marinating on for a while. I know I have a lot of mama hurdlers, and I also have a lot of women who one day may want to become a mom. So this episode is certainly relevant whether or not you are currently with child, have a toddler, wherever you're at in your journey. Now, before we get into some of the specifics, I think it could be helpful for the hurdlers to learn a little bit about you and your journey. So you started in personal training and fitness when you were how old? Well, I mean, I was a professional dancer who started teaching spin at RIP Flywheel, gosh, at 26. I was working on Broadway at the time in a major flop. The show closed 
as soon as it opened. And so Flywheel was my only source of income. So I kind of just ran with it. And I was really uneducated in the fitness space at the time. I literally was just approaching it as I like to move and sweat and move to music. So I used that time at Flywheel to get educated. And I spent my late 20s really immersing myself in what am I doing? How do I want to help people? What kind of goals do I want to achieve? And so that opened the doors into personal training and teaching boot camp. And now I teach on an app called FitOn. And so that that was how I kind of shaped this journey for myself. When did you get into the pre and postnatal certification sphere? Um, it was about two years ago, I believe, um, because I did not have a lot of those people taking my classes in real life. But I knew I had those people taking my classes on the app. And I was like, the only way I can serve you guys properly is if I literally know what I'm doing. And also because I wanted to move into that area of my life with this expertise already in place. So I was not playing catch up. And uh, yeah, pronatal fitness, I mean, shout out to them because they have so many levels of certification and education. I've been able to do one live session and two of their online trainings. They have so much to offer. Oh, I love to hear that. And I mean, really relevant, obviously, to where you are in your life. Like you said, you wanted to graduate as you became a mom with this extra knowledge. Fill us in a little bit. And I know I'm sure we could talk about this for the next 45 minutes. But what has your journey with fitness looked like pre-baby, post-baby? Talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, pre-baby, I was like burpee queen. I mean, you could not get me out of a sports bra. All I wanted to do was work out all day and all night. And that's what my friends did. That's what my husband did. So it lent itself to, you know, excessive activity. No more is more. And once I got pregnant, it was like, let's be smart here, but let's keep moving because, you know, I have a lot of very strange injuries and movement patterns from my previous career. And so I needed to be really aware and deliberate about how I was moving through fitness and pregnancy at the same time. And that doesn't mean that I didn't do the things I love to do. It just meant I had to pull back a little bit and refocus a little bit because that pelvic floor, y'all, she'll get you. If you don't pay attention to her, she will come back and be like, well, that's the end of it. And I, good luck walking up the stairs while carrying your baby. Like it, it is so important. <laughs> well, you mentioned having to pull back a little bit. So before we get into the specifics of the other P, the pelvic floor, talk to me about what pulling back looked like for you. Um, for me, a lot of what I learned through pronatal fitness absolutely replicated itself in my body. Um, so for that, it was a lot of balance and stability issues. And so, you know, Obviously, we know to take care of the core when we're pregnant and postpartum just because just being in that uh, prone position, you're putting a lot of intra-abdominal pressure where you are gaining weight and <laughs> changing your uh, center of balance and center of gravity. So for me, it was about stabilizing, making sure I could actually stand upright and engage what core I had left to support all of this new sudden weight gain. Um, and also to not fall over with one-sided activities, which is all you do once you have a baby. I mean, mm. talk about a farmer's carry. These babies get heavy quick. So for me, it was really, really intentional recreating activities of daily life. Um, in pronatal, they call it mom ADLs, new mom activities, so that I was better prepared to not hurt myself while trying to take care of a brand new child. 
brand new child. Okay. So pulling back looked like probably a little bit more strategic strength work to prepare you for having your baby. And then you also mentioned pelvic floor. So like, let's start from scratch. Pelvic floor. What is it? Why is it important? I think people, well, first of all, shout out to Kegels because their branding just lives on and on. <laughs> and we're, we're not really doing that. <laughs> But it's it's in the same vicinity. It can live under the same umbrella as your pelvic floor. So you think about, okay, I need to pee, but I'm on the subway, so I probably shouldn't pee here. That lift right there, that is you activating your pelvic floor, something that you don't necessarily think about as a person that is not growing a child inside of your belly. So once you become pregnant, and honestly, way before and way after, it's always a good idea to focus on your pelvic floor for you know longevity, for hoping that you don't pee on the subway for real. Just being able to lift that pelvic floor and actively hold onto it without activating other muscles that don't need to be involved. Like your glutes are not part of your pelvic floor, but your glutes are part of your core, right? And knowing the, the differences there between what is actually supporting you and what is actually a byproduct of that support is going to help you actually move through labor, delivery, and recovery quicker. And it's going to make, make you uh, able to get out of the bed, able to sit down onto the toilet, things you don't realize are going to be a challenge for you. So it's just about that lift, that hold, and that breath work. Oh, my God, the breath work. Oh, my God. Never stops. So talk to me about the breath work. Yeah. So we call it 360 breathing. So oftentimes we are focused on sucking in the belly as we breathe in. We're doing the opposite these days, y'all. If you want to activate that pelvic floor, as you breathe in, everything needs to expand. And so as you breathe out forcefully, that contraction can really happen. And that's honestly what needs to be happening in everybody's strength work anyway. You need to exhale on the exertion because that's going to allow you the most amount of muscle exertion. So inhale, everything gets big and wide in 360 degrees. So rib cage expands, everything gets big, like, you know, Santa belly full of jelly. And then exhale, everything tightens, contracts, and that is where you will have your most power, your most strength. And that is where you will lift the pelvic floor. So I, it's, it feels backwards at first. So the more you can practice it in your daily life, in your daily workout, the more it will just become a natural part of how you move. You mentioned the core a few times now. The core, so important, regardless of whether or not you are with child. Something that certainly a lot of women want to know, how should they be paying extra attention to this in the months leading up to labor? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. I think, you know, similar to Kegels, six packs have gotten this great branding moment for no good reason. Your core is so much bigger than just that little area on your bottom belly. If we can think of the lumbopelvic hip complex, I know that sounds so nerdy, but it's so true. Your core really is your trunk. It is everything that your limbs extend out from. So activating those those muscles, working them together, and also paying attention to the direction of the tilt of your pelvis as you use your core is so very important. Um, especially for my moms out there, that's when you get that anterior pelvic tilt. It is just natural. It is going to happen. But being able to manage that and correct it when necessary is going to relieve pressure from your lower back, relieve pressure from your hip flexors, your psoas muscles. And that is what is going to make 
everything just a little smoother, a little cleaner, and a lot more comfortable. So yes, please pay attention to your core. Everybody, boys, girls, moms, knots, please, please, please. (laughs) Knots. Also, I mean, I literally just wrote an article about anterior pelvic tilt, and I think it's helpful to like help the listener visualize what that would look like. So if you have your hands on your waistband and your waistband would be, uh, if your hips are level, okay, here we go. Like a bowl. Yes. Okay. So you're holding a bowl. The water in the bowl is flat. Everything is fine. If you tip the bowl forward, so now that the back of the bowl closest to your body is up, front of the bowl is down, the water would obviously spill out of the front part of the bowl. That exemplifies an anterior pelvic tilt. Yeah. You also see it in like teenagers. Just check out a teenager. They love an anterior pelvic tilt with a they locked out They love a booty knee. pop. They love a <laughs> booty <it>. pop. <laughs> those angles, you know? <laughs> that is where we're going for angles. Okay. So although you may think, man, this anterior pelvic tilt looks great on my Instagram, it does not look great when it comes to checking out your bod. No, no. Yeah. And, and loading. Oh my gosh. Like Oof. it's so hard for me to get out of anterior pelvic tilt even way before I had a baby because of dance and my injuries there and spinning way too much. But then when you load a 20 pound baby and 30 pounds of groceries, like good luck, you're going to need to sit down in the first five minutes of carrying that. So no, no anterior pelvic tilt, unless you are working on your mobility. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Well, I think also important here when we're talking about anterior pelvic tilt, maybe addressing a couple of movements that could help with core stabilization and counteracting this what could be natural movement pattern. Absolutely. I spent so much time with my glutes after having a child, glute medius, all, all of it, you guys. And I know it feels like those tiny little movements are so annoying and can't be doing much to strengthen. And if it's not a 25 pound weight plate, we're not doing anything. Lies, lies, lies. Stabilizing those muscles that support your core is everything you need to be able to not only walk forward, but move side to side, sit up, stand down, sit up, stand down. Wow. That's, that's the exact opposite of what I meant, but you know, maybe one day in the future. So yeah, if you can grab that little band or those tiny little, uh, weights, two pounds, three pounds, and really work those glutes and bridges, leg lifts, all of that single leg, that's what you need to do to restabilize. Taking a break from today's episode to give some love to my sponsor at Gooder. Gooder makes super cute, no slip, no bounce, polarized sunglasses that are great for any and every activity. Seriously, I wear my Gooders, Jesus, it feels like everywhere, whether I am running around the reservoir over in Central Park or running out the door to meet a friend for brunch. These glasses are my absolute go-to and the price cannot be beat. Starting at just $25 from their classic black aviator style called the Mach G to some of their more fun and vibrant looks. I'm talking purple frames, clear frames, blue frames, frames with tacos on them. Seriously, there is something for everyone. They are offering Hurdle listeners an unbelievable deal. I told you they start at just $25. You can take $10 off today using the code HURDLE2021 at checkout. Head to gooder.com slash hurdle and use code HURDLE2021 at checkout for $10 off your purchase today. 
Again, that's G-O-O-D-R dot com slash hurdle. Use the code hurdle 2021 at checkout for $10 off. Now, when we're talking about post baby, you had the baby. Let's talk about what could be a quote unquote normal, I already know where you're going to come with this, amount of time (laughs) for someone to get back into fitness after having their child. Well, uh, the recommendation is six weeks, but that's total bullshit. Can we say bullshit here? Uh, You know what? I don't mark these episodes as explicit, but I think an occasional swear just shows passion. Honestly, it was just the the accurate word. Um, Six weeks is just not it. Um, They say that because you're not really supposed to do a lot of things for six weeks, like having sex. But I don't know any mom who's like ready to jump in the bed to do that after having a baby. So honestly, listen to your body. Just listen to your body. If you're craving movement, move. I did so much band work and lightweight work right after giving birth. I mean, honestly, I had a C-section. So that first week was just about, you know, trying to pee. But after that, I did a ton of that to counteract the breastfeeding posture um, and to counteract that newfound lack of core because they sliced open my abdominals. (laughs) So yes, move, move with intention, move with a way that's going to increase your heart rate, but also give yourself that time to recover and rest. So yeah, just move y'all, but please don't do a burpee. That's all. The movement, again, that you're going to be doing is so much different than before you had a baby. And it's just so important to have grace with yourself in this process. You just did something that is insane. I mean, obviously so natural and so beautiful, but also insane. Like you literally birthed a human. So instead of feeling hard on yourself or or speaking to yourself in a certain way, don't let like whatever you see on social media influence like what feels right for you and your body. And especially don't let those things influence you in a way that could be detrimental to your long-term health. So you really have to think on a case-by-case basis. And of course, make sure that you have open and honest conversations with your personal doctor. Absolutely. I mean, and you touched on something so important there. The comparison factor is just got to go. I mean, you know, we used to look at nine months in, nine months out pictures as look at the size of my baby. And now it's become look at the size of my waist. And it's like, who cares? I mean, it took me at least six months to be able to really feel strong in a plank. Six months. So you want to talk about six weeks postpartum. I was doing like arm circles, you guys. Like you really have to recognize what your body has not only just done, but been doing for the last 10 months. So yes, the grace is got to be the priority. You mentioned having a C-section, which also brought up the concept of you having your abdomen sliced into abdomen, hot topic for women because of what happens to the abdominal wall often during birth and sometimes even just pregnancy. Talk to me about that. Yeah, it's a lot, y'all. I mean, luckily, they have a curtain up for the mom, so I didn't really have to witness it. Um, And also, I had an epidural, but my husband watched this process. And it's just insane. And then, you know, you're asked to pee and walk around, and those are like the hardest hardest things that you could possibly do after a C-section, but obviously important slightly. Um, So that's where all of that prep comes into play, because if you do not already have an intimate relationship with at least how to activate that, then 
after such trauma, the neurological response is going to be damaged and your body's instinct is to protect an area that has been injured. And so if you don't already have the relationship or the, um, thought process, the brain to body connection to move through those activations and, um, exercise those muscles in the way that they are meant to be used, then your body is going to revert into protection and trauma mode and just completely turn off. And sleeping abs is not a, not a good look. Sleeping glutes, not a good look. You need to turn them on, wake them up and get them involved and active in your movement all the time. Talk to me about diastasis recti. Oh, y'all. So this is when your abs separate right? And it's natural. It Can happens. we pause for a second? Did I say mm-hmm. that correctly? Honestly, I've only heard a few people say it. I say diastasis. Diastasis. All right. Well, 10 points for the non-pregnant human over here. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. So diastasis or diastasis or however you want to say it, DR, is when your abs separate, which is absolutely normal. It's nothing that you know you should be concerned about. Like You did anything wrong. It happens. Um, and the idea is that that needs to be knit back together after you've given birth. So a way to self-check for that is to use your two fingers wide ways on your belly and just to see, can you wiggle those fingers in between the separation of your abs? And if so, how does that skin feel underneath? Does it feel ooey gooey or does it feel solid and taut? Right. And so the idea is in a very, very, very shallow crunch, I mean, like you've lifted your head two inches and you're laying completely flat on the floor. Can, is that activation happening or not? And if you don't feel like that activation is happening and you can continuously fit two or more fingers in between those abs, you've got work to do. You know, that's your sign to not hop on the spin bike, not hop on the squat rack. That's your sign to focus on the pelvic floor, the small activations, the glute recovery, all of the posture work before you really move forward. And it's just, it's so normal. So I don't want to raise any red flags. DR is normal. It happens. And it's just about how you deal with it. That will infer how long it takes to recover from it. Fair. Another hot question that came in from the hurdle community, wanting to know about how post baby do I run, cycle, squat, walk, anything without peeing myself? (laughs) Yeah, that is exactly the pelvic floor. That's exactly it. Um, It's not natural to pee yourself when you're working out, jumping, laughing, coughing. It's not natural. It shouldn't happen. It it can. And that's just, you know, your sign to yourself. Okay, I have work to do. It's, It's not how you're supposed to have to live your life for forever. So that means, you know, if you have the luxury of accessing a pelvic floor specialist, please do that. I even did it virtually because, you know, the, the Panera. And it just really helped me have some accountability as to those exercises, how I was progressing with them. Um, you, you shouldn't have to leave an accident when you get up from the couch. So please pay attention to if this is happening to you, you need to kind of step back and lay a stronger foundation for yourself before you are moving into that really high intensity or just like fun stuff that you love to do. Make it safe. And clean. I just need you to coach me through my, your voice is so soothing. 
Oh. <laughs> I love the way the way you just said, you don't need to leave an accident for yourself. I was like, oh, free. <laughs> that felt like a hug. Okay. Another question that came in from the hurdlers. How do I ensure that I'm keeping an adequate supply while I'm returning to running and working out? This is something that I didn't even know was a problem when it comes to running and working out and breastfeeding. Girl, breastfeeding? <laughs> I mean, we need the documentary because this was the biggest I didn't know as far as becoming a new mom. Breastfeeding is one of the hardest things to conquer and master. And I didn't. I, I really didn't. Um, I spent a month nursing and I was very lucky. He took latches on in the hospital. He drank. It was not a problem in the hospital. All the lactation consultants were like, you're nailing it, girl. Bye. And then we got home and my baby cried for three weeks. And I was doing everything I could to try to increase my supply. I was drinking, uh, eating oatmeal all the time, you know, trying all the things I knew, trying to get rest, trying to hydrate. And it, I could not keep up with him. And so I started to pump and to uh, supplement with formula. And then my baby slept. It was like night and day. So as far as, you know, how does the exercise affect the supply? I am not a lactation consultant, so I cannot tell you for sure. All I can say is one of the biggest issues with keeping up your supply is your stress level, which like, I mean, if that's not cyclical, I don't know what is. So the more you can give yourself that grace and talk kindly to yourself, that at least will help. But please feel like you have the uh, ability to see a lactation and consultant. Usually they're provided by the hospital. So give them a call. Give them <laughs> Let a me call. know what you find out. Give them a buzz. Um, also on the DR note, I did have a question that came in asking, this woman says her son is 10. Is repairing that at this point a lost cause? No, 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 it is not. You can always repair it. I mean, my mom had her kids 30 plus years ago. She had three C-sections and it is something that we are on the journey together and she is going to be able to do all the things and activate all that lower abdominal, intra-abdominal. She can do it. TVA, it's, it's available to you guys. It does not matter how old your children are. It doesn't matter if you're a man and never even had a child. You too can learn to activate and actually use your pelvic floor in a way that allows your abs to support your exercises. Love this boost of confidence coming in from Brie. Brie, what else haven't we tackled? Is there anything else that you feel like we need to throw into the mix here? I mean, I know we could talk forever on this. Well, one thing that I have noticed, so I love a baby carrier right? Where you like wear them like they're still in the womb or they're a kangaroo joey or what have you, because it allows you to be hands-free. But pro tip, you have to be so much more mindful when you are wearing your baby of your posture, of that anterior pelvic tilt, because honestly, it's like being pregnant with a however month old your child is. And that's a lot to ask of your body as it is still recovering. So if you're going to be a baby carrier person like me, try to limit the time, try to check in with how you're standing, how you're moving, and just be really aware because that can backtrack some of your progress without you even realizing it. Um, and just give yourself like, you know, the different positions. Maybe your baby goes on the back for a day. Maybe your baby goes on the side and maybe you just use the stroller. So be, be careful with those carriers, y'all. Right now, Mrs. Kogel. You have an opportunity to offer yourself one piece of advice in the weeks and months after giving birth. What do you tell yourself? Now, this is going to sound basic, cliche, and like a meme, but the you're doing great, sweetie, 
really, really applies. Um, the hormones, everything that is surging and new and unnatural and unknown in those few days and weeks after having a baby are insane. I cried every single day because I was worried I was not being a good mom. I was not doing the best I could. And it's honestly coming from a place of just not knowing what to do, not having a handbook or a, a list to check off because every baby needs something different. And every mom is able to provide something different. So even asking your friends doesn't always help. So really just lean into yourself and realize you were made to have this child, right? You two have an unbreakable bond that nobody else can replicate. And so you are meant to care for each other. And honestly, it is a give and take, right? Your baby's going to give you just as much love as you give it and realize that that is special, that is sacred. And that is what matters as long as you can give yourself the freedom to actually feel that. So get, get out of the comparisons, get out of the judgments and just soak up that love because it flies by, it flies by. Soaking in your love today. It's always so fun to get on and, and record with with my peeps. And I appreciate your knowledge. I feel like I, uh, as someone who is not yet in the stage of my life where I am going to be with child, I still feel like I just absorb so much and I learned so much from you. And that's just so appreciated. Oh, love you, friend. <laughs> love you, friend. Brie, how do the hurdlers keep up with you? How do they follow along with you? Give me all of the details. Well, if you just want to see cute puppy pictures and baby pictures, head on over to my Instagram at Brie Kogel, B-R-E-E-K-O-E-G-E-L. But if you want to work out with me, head over to Fit On App, F-I-T-O-N app, where you can work out with me for free, pre-postnatal, all of the things. Say Fit On App again. I think it broke up. Yeah. If you want to work out with me, head on over to Fit On App, F-I-T-O-N-A-P-P, and you can work out with me for free, pre-postnatal, all of the above. I am over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.